start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. You're listening to the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bringing you to the table where we talk about the outdoors. What's going on, guys? This is episode 94 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Every week's getting a little bit closer to 100, so... Keep staying tuned for that. Uh, Nick and Tom are hanging out today. What's going on? Glad to be here. And we told you guys last week that uh, my dad's back from Alaska, so we're talking Alaska today. We're going to see how moose and bear season went. So what's going on, Pa? Oh, feels good to be back home. Uh, ready to go back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, long, how long were you up here, uh, or up there last year? Oh, it was a little short of six weeks. Six weeks? Yeah. Yeah, but it was a lot of work, a lot of work. We put in a new camp. Uh, yeah, you were actually back over at one of your old camps. Old from, stomping grounds, huh? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, so it, uh, I called a new camp, new camp for Alaska Elite Outfitters, but an old camp to me. Yeah, you've been there for 15 uh, years. <laughs> yeah, myself and Brad Barron there, you know, some of the other guys, we'd been there for quite a while in that so, stretch of the river. So were you in, like, the exact camp you guys used to, like, on that? location we, we went right back to the exact same spot we found our old sandpoint well we had and nice. got it back in operation don't fix what's not broke right <laughs> well it was broke and buried and hidden and it took a little work to find it again but but we did it nice it, uh, got camp back in it was really nice so. what uh what drove uh mike to venture out over to the Nushigak? because i know he doesn't typically sound like he goes over there well he just wants to keep people spread out he doesn't want to have too big of an impact on the wildlife in any and one you, spot if you go you to know? alaska you don't probably don't want to be shoulder to shoulder with guys well you try to avoid that and you know it's a big state and everybody thinks oh Christ, there's stuff everywhere but at the same time yeah that wildlife's all concentrated in the river bottoms you know and you get outside of that river corridor and all of a sudden it's just barren tundra so uh it's it's easier to overhunt something than you think so yeah especially when you bring in <clears throat> 12, 13 yeah, we had, guys. Yeah we, had, yeah, we had 12 moose hunters this year, you know, and, and they were com- a lot of them were combo hunters, so they were moose and brown bear hunting. So if so, you have them in a 50-mile stretch of river and take 12 moose out of there, then that's quite getting, a hit. Getting pretty hard on that stretch of river, exactly, because yeah. we're not the only ones there. You know, you got your, your It's little, all public, right? It's all public, so you've got other outfitters that may or may not be there to some degree. You've got the local population that's going to come in there and take a few animals, so it uh it's just good conservation to try to spread yourself out a little bit and mm-hmm. and uh and minimize your 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 impact on any any given area yeah it's is good it, Ooh, go ahead tom is it like an unwritten rule between outfitters that they all have their designated areas uh no but at the same time i mean some guys are more cordial than others when it comes to that you know i i personally am not going to go try to hunt on top of somebody else uh, unfortunately, not everybody thinks that way. So mm-hmm. you, there are times when you when you butt heads with people, and, and uh, when I say that, I don't mean physically, but 
you know, you just you find yourself hunting in the same spots, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I try to give a little room and try to be the first one to back out, find another spot. But sometimes you just can't do that. You know, sometimes you just got to take your turn in a mm-hmm. in a hunting location. So. Yeah, so it definitely helps that you're spreading out on the the other river. And absolutely, absolutely. And convenient that you have so much experience over at the Nushigak that it wasn't wasn't like brand new territory no for you guys. Curve, correct. Really. No, correct. Like the from where I was at on the Nushigak now this year to the nearest camp Mike had on the Mulchatna was 115 miles away. Is that river miles or like the way a crow R- flies? That's river miles. Okay. So by way of the crow, 40 miles. You know, it's maybe, a windy river. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's it'll point you in every direction on the compass while you're traveling on it. So, I remember, yeah, my, when my dad went up with you guys, he had took a couple pictures from their hopper plane of the Nushigak while they were flying in. And you're not exaggerating the way that that correct literally every direction mm-hmm. on the compass mm-hmm. you're going to end up going. And you could mm-hmm. see that just from him flying over and taking pictures. Yes. Yeah. So you might be, you might be going upstream and you will point all 360 degrees on that compass while traveling easy to get lost i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) well one thing you want to remember about water is it uh, always flows downhill yeah (laughs) takes the easiest path out of there yeah as long as you're going downhill you're going to end up where everybody else (laughs) yeah so it's tough to get lost going downstream uh, so was Mike bouncing around between those two areas, or did he stay more towards the Mulchatna? Uh, Mike spent most of his time closer to the Mulchatna. I mean, you know, he's kind of running the show, so he doesn't spend as much time guiding. Mm-hmm. He did as, guide Jeb. Yeah, uh, yes. yes. We yes, just he, had Jeb on a couple weeks ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know, were you you might have been in Alaska when uh, we had him on. I was, yes. I, w- I was up there at that point in time. I think we actually talked about how you were up there getting prepped mm-hmm. for, and he was going up there, and I think he mm-hmm. hunted with Mike. Yes, he did. Um, but and Mike he was, was and he was up on the Mulchatna with Mike. Okay, but that was the only client that Mike took last, you know, this past fall. Gotcha. So for the most part, he's, you know, organizing, making sure all the different camps have what they need. Uh, clients are getting where they need to be, out when they need to be. That's got to be a full time job. Yeah. Hearing oh, all of the horror stories of. You know, Frank was stuck in town for a couple of days. You know, it's just, I can't it imagine just, the logistics that go on with Mike yeah. keeping everybody happy. And. No, it, it's tough. And and you have to be flexible. When you're in that state, you have to be flexible. If you're someone who sets a plan and then expects it to go off exactly the way you planned it, you're going to be terribly, terribly disappointed <laughs> in the state of Alaska. Because yeah. <laughs> there is always something well, screwing it up. <laughs> I remember Frank mentioned, I think it was last year, um, he had to get back into like out of Ekwok or something. And, you know, they don't like, you can't book a fl- flight that leaves at a certain time. You know, if they don't have <laughs> enough people to fly or a big enough reason to leave, they you're going to, you're going to wait until there's enough people Correct. to go. Like, mm-hmm. so you can't, I remember anytime, you know, for the last 20 years of you going to Alaska, it was always, yeah, uncle Frank's going to be back sometime in October. <laughs> like we don't know exactly when, but sometime in yep. October, he'll be back. Nope. <laughs> and that hasn't changed a lick. I mean, like you said, you, you may want to leave on the 22nd of September. Hope but your anniversary is not the twenty third. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> if if uh, if you're the only one that wants to leave Equawk, you're probably not going anywhere. <laughs> start, start hiking, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, now I've even we've been told that you know if you want to leave, you're going to have to take a boat trip up to one of the other villages because that's where they're landing. Well, that's what you had to do last year. You yep. couldn't leave Equawk, and there no, was three of us. Yeah. They wouldn't come down to Equawk to pick up three people. So you had to go all the way up to That's Kaliganek. half the population of the town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn near. 
So yeah, we had to we had to take a boat ride, you know, for two hours up to the next village, and uh, that's like where they were going to fly in. And then when we got there, they decided they didn't want to fly in and pick up just three people that day either. So we got stuck in that village for a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they had a really nice bed and breakfast for you guys to stay at. So. Oh, yeah. well, we were fortunate. We <laughs> found someone that was willing to take us in. Cause That's the one neat thing that, you know, even Frank was, when he, when you guys are up there, like, it is such, you know, you think it's a small town here where we live, but it's real small there. And it's, yeah, Frank was able to, you know, head over to so-and-so's house and stay there for the night because, like mm-hmm. you said, you weren't flying out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was my first year up there. I flew in and literally knew zero people. I was told that some guy named Leroy was going to be at the plane waiting for me. So I got off and I see all these people. I'm like, anyone know Leroy? They're like, no, he's upriver. I was like, okay, well, where do I go now? Like, I had no clue what was going on. And the one guy was like, yeah, just come with me and we'll figure something out. And I was there for a day and a half before anyone showed up that I knew. Well, that was that was when Leroy's boat broke. Down. Yeah, yeah. So, so he had to paddle back. <laughs> yeah. So Leroy had a five-hour boat ride to get down to Equok. He was a half hour out of camp, and his boat broke down, and had to float all the way back. <laughs> so five hours turned into two days. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're not in a rush. Then. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you better be flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you went up there. Did you do any fishing at the beginning this year, or was it straight into bear season? Uh, Mike had fishermen all summer long. Uh, I don't do the fishing okay. gig. Um, not that like if my clients that are bear hunting or moose hunting want to go fishing, we'll go fishing for the day. But but it's not a guided fishing guided trip. fishing trip. It's just gotcha something extra that we'll do if if there's time and you know I don't have something to a boat to fix or firewood to cut or something like that. So gotcha. So I, I guess we'll I guess we'll start with <clears throat> bear season at the beginning because that's what you guys start with. Um, Pretty much. After we got camps built, we took into bear season. And uh, my first two clients, and actually I just got a, a gift from them in the mail today. So I yeah, got to send was, a big I came I, home. I was like, what the hell yeah, is that? So I, I got to give a big thank you to Matt and Bob. They over the top with their generosity. And, mm-hmm. and uh, they sent me a nice little gift and card. And, and actually nice. even addressed the card to my wife a little bit. Uh, it, was, it was really nice, really nice, very over the top. But they, uh, they're both from New York City originally. Bob is uh, living down south now, but uh, very, very, very green when it comes to the outdoors. Uh, best part about that was they knew it and... Weren't afraid it, to... Yeah, weren't afraid to, to tell you, you know, that... And, uh, that's the worst when people but, don't no, know anything and they think they know and they everything. They think they know everything. Yeah, no, these these guys are green. They knew it, and but we're willing to do whatever. You know, they'd ask questions. We'd answer questions. We'd tell them, "Here's how it's going to work. This is what we're going to do," and that's what we did. And uh, and we had a great time. I mean, they were a lot of fun in camp. Did they we're, know each other? I'm assuming. Yeah, they were they were related actually. Okay, so they came up together and and. Uh, to do this bear hunt and it was it's actually one of the first hunts they've ever done and oh uh, really yeah Going all in yeah yeah they they you know, i mean who starts off with whitetails when I mean, you can start <laughs> off chasing coastal brown bears in alaska yeah <laughs> so, i gotta ask real quick how did they hear about mike or this bear hunt i honestly i think they just found him on the on the web okay yeah you know, i'm just curious you know because yeah. it 
Yeah, it's just that, that just seems like that's where everybody comes from anymore. There's Internet. the whole the whole thing. With I still like the trade show shows way. and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's I can't imagine. I had a blast helping you guys that one week down in yeah. Harrisburg. It was just yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. It's uh, they get old after a while. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't hit that yet. So. <laughs> it's nice to be there for a few hours. Was, yeah, I was there a for a couple two, of days. But when yeah. you have to be there for the whole ten days of Harrisburg, yeah, you're shot. <laughs> yeah, you've had enough of Harrisburg <laughs> by the end of that. But uh, but no, it just seems like that's just the trend. Everybody's got their iPhone or their you know Android, and they mm-hmm. just surf the internet and. I don't know. I, I always wanted to meet the guy that I was going to hand mm-hmm. $25,000 to and shake his <laughs> hand a little bit and find out if, if nothing else, if I'm at least compatible with him yeah. as a person. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if we're going to be able to get along in camp for 10 days, or are we going to beat each other's throats? Mm-hmm. So, but that's just how things have changed over the past 25 years. So, mm-hmm. but, so how, how did their hunt go? So everything went really good. Um, uh, I ended up with. Uh, guiding matt uh bob ended up with uh another guiding camp clayton uh he was new to alaska elite outfitters first time this year young kid from uh vero beach florida really really nice guy uh caught on real well i mean just took to it like a fish to water did a great job and uh so we were both just you know our original game plan was to just work some fishing holes it was early in the season well, there was an ungodly salmon run this year, wasn't it? Oh, it was it? just enormous. Yeah. Enormous. There was all, almost 5 million sockeyes came up the New Shigak this year. Wow. I've never seen even half that. So there was fish everywhere, bears everywhere. And it was just, you know, it was a game of patience. You know, you were going to sit on those fishing holes and, and wait for, for a bear to show up. But it was of a size that you'd want to take, you know, and hopefully it wasn't a sow and cub showing up and... And Matt and I did have that on the, the third day we were hunting. We had a uh, we were sitting in a spot where we could watch 200 yards in each direction of, of good, good sockeye fishing. And uh, oh, maybe an hour, hour and a half before it got dark, we had plenty of daylight. And uh, from down around the bend, about 250 yards away or whatever, come this nice little brownie, you know, and it looked like a little boar. And uh, they were, Matt wasn't looking for anything special. He just wanted a, a legal bear that looked nice to him. That's mm-hmm. all he was worried about. So the bear's working his way up closer and closer to us. And, you know, the anxiety's building and he's getting excited. <laughs> and and uh, he's like, what do you think? I'm like, well, it's, it looks like a legal bear. It's not very big, but it's, I mean, it meets the criteria. It's a lone bear. And, you know, he's looks like he's in his third year to me. And like I said, it looks like a young boar. And he's like, well, I think I'm going to shoot him. I'm like, well, let's, let's just let him get a little closer. And about that time, I see another bear come around the corner. And I'm like, ah, I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up. So he, he stopped and he's watching. He's like, what do you think? I'm like, well, we just got another bear show up. We got to look this over a little bit closer. And, you know, to do things by the book, you know, the rule says it's got to be a lone bear in its third year to be a legal animal. Well, now we got two. <laughs> so even if it's, you know, five or six-year-old bear, it has to be alone? Well, or that's yes. Like the- and, and, that, and what's going to happen is, and the reason why they do that for two reasons. One, they don't want you shooting cubs. You know, and, and cubs will quite often run together in a group. And mom might not be around, you mm-hmm. know. So they don't want you shooting those cubs just because you don't see mom. 
And the other thing is they don't want you shooting mom real quick. And then the cubs and come And then the cubs out. show up. So they, they just, they're trying to get you to slow down, look at the animal, evaluate your situation. Which is fair. I mean, that's oh, it, it, absolutely. a good thing. You know, especially when you're, you're down there in the river bottom, you know, hunting these fishing holes. It's very easy for one bear to pop out mm-hmm. and everything else to be hidden back in the brush. So you just, you got to be patient. Now, this might be a stupid question, but you said it has to be a lone bear? That's the way the rule reads, lone what it, bear in its third year. So I, I don't know much about grizzly bears. I don't know how territorial they are, but would you ever see two fully mature bears together? Not normally. No, okay. Not unless they're no. arguing over a moose carcass. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I didn't you know, know if... I'm not going to say it never happens, but it's that's very much out of the norm. Okay. And in that which case, I mean, if you're standing there and you're looking at two eight-foot brownies, uh, those two bears are, are both legal animals. Okay. You know, so, but again, like I said, they're, they're, the whole idea, the whole concept is to get you to slow down, pay attention to what you're shooting. Don't just start flinging lead at the first brown bear that shows up. At the mm-hmm. fishing hole. Well, is it like similar to deer hunting where like first hour of light and last hour of light are your Absolutely. best bet? Absolutely. You know. So we're watching these two bears start to work their way closer to us. And then a third one pops out. You know. And they're all about the same size. And I'm looking going, boy, I think that's just all three cubs. Well, then the sow shows up. So it's it's a sow with three cubs. Three cubs. And they're actually, they're pretty much the same size as she is. I mean, they're... You know, they would all be legal animals by themselves, but they're that little family group, you know, unit. And, you know, Matt was looking at me, he's like, well, what do you think? I'm like, we should let these animals walk. Mm-hmm. I said, if we shoot any one of those animals, even if they are legal, you know, to the letter of the law, you know, they're in their third year, you're just asking for a problem with the other one. So it's, mm-hmm. we're just, it's sow, three cubs, we're just going to let them go. You know, they're not that they're not a big it's not a trophy bear yeah correct i said it's early in our hunt we're going to have more opportunities they got up to about 100 yards from us and he was taking video of it and stuff and at that point i kind of stood up and ran him off and just it brought our hunt to an end for that evening but it was it was a nice experience you know mm-hmm. and you at least you got to see something yeah cool. you got to see some animals and interaction and, and watch them fish and chase stuff around and it was a lot of fun so then day three now that was day three so day four uh we went to another fishing hole that i always like to fish and uh we get set up there and uh, i don't think we were there an hour and up around the bend of the of the slough you could hear a bear come splashing through the water but we couldn't see him you know there's just enough turn in the in the in the slough that we couldn't see where he was at so we we tried moving up a little bit to try to to see him well then he he came out of the water and he went real quiet for a while we couldn't hear him so i was concerned that he might be coming down the bank close to us because that's the side of the, that he was on and i said let's just slip back to where we were sitting so if he does come down this way we're not going to end up with them right in our laps. We're going to see him at about 50, 60 yards mm-hmm. the first time he shows himself on the bank if, if he's coming down here. Which is awfully close on the ground, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it gets a lot closer sometimes. So we no sooner got back to our original blind spot 
and we could hear him splashing around up there again. And this closer. No, same, same spot. And this time he kind of came out into the slough far enough for us to see him. And we knew right away he was a decent bear. And he kind of ran around out there. He grabbed a fish and jumped into the bushes. So when he did that, we took advantage of that to move back up on him again and got to within about 170 yards, 165 yards. And the next time he popped out, Matt got his shooting sticks up and made a really nice shot on the bear. You know, hit him right behind the shoulder. And uh, bear jumped off into the into the brush. So we felt pretty good about the shot. looked good. And uh, we had about a half hour, 45 minutes of daylight to go, closer to 45 minutes. So we went back, got the boat, kind of went back up to where he made the shot, where he hit the bear. And we were looking at it, and it's like, well, he went in one of these two paths. You know, they were pretty close together, and we weren't sure which one he went in on. But we kind of waited for half hour or so, maybe a little more. And I was like, you know, we I need to just make sure I know where he ran in here. We're probably going to have to wait till the next day to go find him. But I thought if, if he's just inside the bushes, we'll find him here real quick. If not, come back you know, tomorrow. We'll come back tomorrow. But I want to just make sure I know what trail. Get he a ran mental in. note get, of yeah, where make, he is. Get some kind of sign that drop a blood or something. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I walk in the one path and I followed it for about twenty yards, and I didn't feel like I was on the right path, you know. But it. Yeah, you, once you get off the side of them sloughs, there's bear trails all over the yeah, place. It's there's beds but... all over the place. There's dead fish all over the place. So I'm just trying to evaluate what I see, and I kind of get into this area with a bunch of open willows and tall grass. And, and it's almost yeah. dark at this point, correct? It's getting close, yeah. We're running out of daylight. And I'm standing there next to this willow bush in, the, in this grass that's about chest high, and I can see where something ran kind of underneath this willow bush through the grass. And it looked really fresh, but I saw no blood. And I'm like, boy, I really feel like that's where he went. But I didn't feel like he got there via the path that I just took. Mm -hmm. So I walked back out to the boat where Matt was at. I came back up the side of the bank a little bit to where both of us felt that was really where we thought he went in at. I went in there, and, and the tracks looked a little fresher. You could see where the dirt was turned up a little bit. I found some really fresh scat that had just squirted out of them, mm-hmm. but no blood. You know, and I kind of followed that, and it took me right back to that exact spot I was standing. So now I'm like, now I really feel like that's the spot He's he right went. right there. You know, he went through there. I'm almost certain I'm at the right spot, and I feel like I got there via... <clears throat> the right path this time mm-hmm. and i'm looking at it, i'm like i just need to know i want to find one drop of blood i just want to know this is the right spot mm-hmm. so i kind of turned my back to that willow bush to duck under the branches and step through that grass and as i pushed my way through that willow bush and took two steps he came out of that willow bush <laughs> literally three feet from me Jesus. And fortunately i had my pistol in my hand yeah. And as fast as I could spin and start dumping rounds out of that pistol, it was spitting bullets. <laughs> like the Wild West, just start was, pulling the trigger. And uh, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know if that bear was coming out of that bush to run past me, to run away from me, or to come at me. But I wasn't waiting to find out. Yeah. <laughs> spitting bullets. <laughs> and he driven it, whatever it took to make sure he was going away from me. Yeah. Which he did. He ended up, he ran out. 
and stopped about 15 yards away and maybe 10 yards away for that matter. And I could see where he was and I could get a glimpse of his fur, but it was so thick I really couldn't tell what I was looking at. And I wanted to shoot him again, but I didn't want to shoot him and hit him in the in the ass yeah. or, or someplace stupid that's just going to send him running for hundred, you know, for several hundred yards. I yeah. wonder if I was going to shoot him again. I want to make a good shot that's going to put him down. Mm-hmm. And he's wolfing and barking and chewing on branches and tearing at the dirt. I mean, you could tell he's irritated, but I can hear he's laboring really bad. He's mm-hmm. he's hurt. And uh, Matt was back at the boat. He's yelling. He wants to know if I'm okay. You know, he's well, yeah. He yeah. just he just heard two, two shots fired. It's almost and, dark. Yeah. Yeah, and it's almost dark and. And, you know, I'm trying to be quiet because I want this bear to relax and either die right there where I see him, or if he's going to wander off, I don't want him going any further than he has to. So your client's probably like, Frank's dead. Yeah, yeah, he's back there yelling my name and wants to know if everything's okay, and I'm just... Not answering. Not answering because I'm I'm (laughs) too close to this bear. I don't want to... Yeah, he's probably in panic mode. (laughs) So, I finally, I see the bear kind of roll out of sight, and I I wasn't even sure if he, like, rolled over... Or if he stepped Turn, away, yeah. I just couldn't tell. Like I said, it was that hard to see him. And it's getting dark. And like it's getting said. dark. So when he went out of sight and I couldn't hear him anymore, I kind of slipped back to the boat nice and easy. And uh, I think Matt was kind of happy to see I was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him what was up and, you know, explained what was going to, that we're just going to let him go and lay down. Felt pretty confident that the bear was hurting, you know, because I was, when I was standing at that, that willow bush, the first time mm-hmm. we were only eight feet apart you know and it was at that point when i'm talking to matt that i start thinking about everything that played out if something bad was really going to happen that's when it would that happen the you, first time that's and when, when you turned around when i turned out. around to walk away from that bear at eight feet and didn't know he was there that was when something bad could happen you know as as unnerving as that eight foot body coming out of the, the willow same bush, hole the same in. hole you're walking into, you know, as unnerving as that is when you think back about it, at least at that point, I was on a high alert for something to happen. With your pistol With the pistol hand. in my hand, ready to at least try to defend myself, which turned out I needed to do. <laughs> but if something really bad was going to happen, it was the first time I was there and turned around and walked away. Yeah, not knowing that you just turned your back on would have If he would have gone at me then, he would have been hitting me from my backside. And and you were done. It would have been curtains. You know, yeah. been, nothing nothing good was going to happen at that point. That's insane. I, I didn't ask you. You texted me about it right after it happened. I didn't want to hear any part of the story. <laughs> I got like half-assed information from you. I was like, we're just going to talk about this on the podcast. I don't want to know what happened. <laughs> yeah, not, not a – like I said, it's uh, – you don't get scared – when it's all taking yeah, I feel place. Like there's no time to no, get there's scared. Not. And you adrenaline's know, probably pushing you through I mean, everything. And, you know, you're going into the bush. I mean, and you know, you know, you've already ran all the scenarios through your head. You know, you got to be alert and stuff. So you're you're always thinking of that. Yeah, you're ready for it to happen. Right. But, you think you're ready. Right. You <laughs> yeah, think, yeah, think, yeah, you're, think ready. you're ready. That's a better way of putting it. You think yeah. you are. But it's when everything plays out and all the things that, can go wrong go wrong and the things that can go right go right and it's all over said and done and you're sitting back at camp thinking about it that's when you really get the go holy get that shit. shiver up your spine <laughs> you know, i know how 
how quickly I can get spooked by a raccoon walking out of my stand at night. Yeah. You know, like when well, you had a bobcat attack. Yeah, I one did. Time. <laughs> and I, I shot once from the hip and that was it. I mean, yeah, I left without a scratch. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, this was like a really big bobcat. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and just to put things into perspective, you know, that bear come out of, from me at about, like you said, three feet, and I got two rounds out of that pistol at it as quick as I could. I only hit it once. Oh, really? You only hit it only one hit time? Only hit it once. I have no idea where the other one went. And I will say this. The one bullet that I hit him with hit him right on the shoulder and ran down his rib cage. It didn't even was, go in him. No, it went under the hide and down along the rib cage back towards the guts. So... I do know that when that bullet hit him, and I don't know if that was he one was or two, at you. he was at least Turned facing me at that point. Straight on, yeah. Exactly. Because if it's going to go down the ribcage into the guts, it had to, it had to be facing directly at you. He had to at least be at facing me at that point. And I'm not saying he was pouncing at that. I'm just saying, because yeah. like I said, everything happened so fast. That, yeah, they mm-hmm. can make their own assumptions from that, but... Correct. Physics is showing that. <laughs> <laughs> I can at least tell you where one bullet went, and I can tell you at three feet I missed an eight-plus-foot brown bear with with one of my rounds. So uh, anyone who thinks you're perfectly cool and yeah. all that stuff goes down, uh, I'm here to call bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, my, uh, your first shot was probably, like, at the ground as it's coming up. And it's very, um, just and a I, panic. Ah, I'm yeah, squeezing the trigger. It, uh I'm not going to tell you that's not what happened. Yeah, I'm just saying. I know, like, <laughs> I'm telling you, I got two rounds out as fast as I could. And was it a dual action revolver? So you're just it, well, I, the hammer's down, so it's a single action. Oh, okay. Uh, type thing, but I mean, I can work it either way, you know. So, uh, you know, it'll work single or double action. But uh, so you're walking around with the hammer down rather than hammer back. Mm-hmm. Just, gotcha. That's a safety thing. And uh, and trust me, you don't have any trouble finding the strength in your fingers <laughs> to pull. Just pull that trigger <laughs> yeah you don't have to pull you can have 150 pound you, trigger almost, you're still ripping it almost has to be like an instinct yeah, i mean it, it is i mean it's, i mean because that's a reflex from the time you like you said you ducked down to go through the bush from the time that you ducked to that bear was standing 15 feet away and you'd already shot twice had to have been like less than three seconds if that oh yeah i mean two seconds I mean, like that's. I yeah. mean, it just it was it had to have been an instinct to shoot twice. Through, like yep. I mean, it's the only reason I didn't shoot a third time is because he was going away. You at could that see point. him then. <laughs> you I knew you were safe. I can't. I, I don't know if I would have stopped. I mean, like you're like, oh, he's not heading my way. We're we're good now. I'm safe. <laughs> well, yeah. it's only a wounded eight foot bear, and he's ten feet away. I'm fine. Yeah. Now that he's out of Situation the danger, he's handled. out of the danger zone. <laughs> he's no, past but, five feet. Yeah. No, but I could. You could see him at that point. Yeah. You know, he had yeah. You could address the situation. You could start reevaluating and. And the and adrenaline's probably still carrying through you oh, at this point. Like, so it's not even like you had time to even think about what you're no, actually you just, dealing with. You just have to, like I said, you have to bend there enough times and walked yourself through that that scenario enough times that you know, your body, your brain just knows when to say, go, 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 stop. Mm-hmm. You know, reassess, go, 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 stop, reassess. And uh, so, yeah, so anyways, we, we get out of there and, Head back to camp for the night, and you know, obviously, there's a thousand questions going through yeah. my mind, the client's mind. You know, Matt. You know, mind you, this is like his first hunt. It is yeah. his first hunt. <laughs> Just to, it, it, to reiterate the, that from the beginning of the story. In all the time. end, in the end, when when all this finally plays out and they're getting ready to leave camp, 
he tells me that that's the first animal he's ever killed in his life. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So he started right at the top. Yeah. Yeah, White tail will never impress him. <laughs> no, he's like, gonna be hard pressed to this, be impressed he, by he did, anything. He did send me a couple of pictures. Uh, him and him and Bob, they went uh, while I was still up there. They went on an awdad hunt down in Texas and killed two beautiful awdads. Oh yeah, yeah. So wow. awdads are so cool. I would love they are to cool go because they have they have them free range down there in Texas. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so, anyways, the next morning we go back and. Uh, Get back there, and Clayton came up, and Bob came up. So you know, the whole camp's there. We're going to go look for these this bear that we know is wounded. Uh, we're still not a hundred percent sure how good or bad the hit is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you know, at this point didn't know where you hit or the client or the you know. And I, I felt good about about Matt's shot. I mean, I, I mean, he really took his time. I mean, he was like you said, even though he was green, like he was doing new, he was doing hunters, things right. I think are know? better because you don't have like bad habits yet. Correct. Yeah. No, no. He was just doing what he was told. And I mean, he was very steady, you know, very patient. He didn't rush anything. And, and it really looked like he made a good shot on the animal. So, and, uh, and the fact that the bear had laid up 30 yards away, had I not kicked that bear up, I think we would have found him right there the next morning. But you Mm -hmm. wouldn't have a cool story. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I've been good without the cool story. (laughs) You got to go poke the bear once in a while. You got to do it for the podcast. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, so we get back and uh, we let Matt and, and Bob stay at the boat while Clayton and I kind of went I in. I bet and, you he had no problem with yeah. that after what happened. No, they the night were before. they were pretty good with it. <laughs> <laughs> you mean we'll just stay here while? <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty happy to just let us go wander around in the chest high grass and willow bushes that yeah. were twelve feet tall. And, yeah. <laughs> and um and we turn our GPSs on so we can kind of track everywhere we go. Because it's so hard That's to smart. see. You know, Whitey's been up yeah. there. He knows how you hard it is to see. You can't see across the room. Right. So, you know, you, you zoom your GPS way in and you just try to keep making little circles and zigzags and cover as much ground as you can. And and we searched for, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half and covered everything pretty good and followed now, everything. Did you start at that bush? Oh, yeah. We started right back there. And, and we had a pretty good trail that went to, you know, across the little grassy slough that was kind of open and got over towards a, a line of spruce trees and stuff and and we we're 90% sure that that was where he went but again there's so many bear trails and that stuff one thing to note is that like they have such long hair they don't bleed even when you smoke them, we never found blood even when you never. smoke them there's no blood I'm sure they've got a thick hide too right and probably a lot very of thin very thin skinned what about yeah. fat usually a lot of fat so long hair and fat probably fat. plugs right up yep yep so so the, yeah the bears are notoriously poor bleeders so clayton and i are just walking every bear trail out that we can come to and we end up circling back and uh told the guys we didn't have any luck and there was really only one section left that we you know and i'm looking at my gps that we hadn't spent much time in and it was an open stretch of spruce trees on the other side of that, that grassy slough. And I said, "We're all. What we're going to do is that bear's either fifty yards over there, or he's fifty miles. You know, mm-hmm. it's just there's no in between. You know, if he's he's either hit hard enough to be dead, or he's not going to stop. Or he, yeah. After the way things went last night, he's he either gone. just checked out. You know, ran to the hills. Yep. So it's like well, all four of us are just going to go in there. We're going to line up." 
and we're going to make a couple passes through that more open stuff and see if he's laying over there. And we start up into the bush and sorry, Matt, sorry, Bob, but I got to tell the guys. <laughs> they come walking up behind Clayton and I up into the bush. They got their hammers back on their pistols. They're guns up, ready to go. And it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Relax. It's like, well, well, there's a wounded bear in there. It's like, put your hammers down, put your guns away. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't need them shooting at twig snapping. <laughs> like, but they asked you, aren't you worried about that bear? And I'm like, right now I'm more worried of getting shot in the back. By one <laughs> 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 so, but they were just, like I said, they're, they're so new to, they're just very nervous and understandably so. So, yeah, especially after got, what happened yeah. last night. I'd, exactly. I, I think anybody exactly. that wasn't right. you would have been thinking the same thing. Absolutely. So, like I said, I'm kind of teasing them a little bit, but but trust me, I understand where it oh, comes yeah. from. So we get up in there, and we kind of line up where we wanted to get to, and we didn't walk 20 yards. Mm-hmm. And there was his bear. And who spotted it? I did first. And, uh, and where the bear was laying, both Clayton and I had been within – six eight yards of it wow two or three times while we were searching and never saw it and it was in the wide open but there was like where we had come Just through there you well there's a the big fix. dead spruce tree that kind of fell down over the trail and we kind of walked the trail on the wrong thought, side of it well we thought we were, we thought we were on the right path like man i know this bear was here this looks like the most logical spot and it goes right to this big dead rotten spruce tree and there's no sign of the bear going through it Mm-hmm. You know, no sign of anything going through it. And both of us, we walked up to it a couple of times. Nah, he didn't go through here. It just maybe went down this way. And we circled away from it, circled away from it. here. We couldn't see what was just the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And he was laying under a spruce tree, wide open. Right next to that right tree. Right next to that big spruce tree. We, I think we had to pull four pieces of grass to start pay, taking pictures. Oh. It was that open where he died. But he had died he had gone in there turned around was facing his back trail when he mm-hmm. when he expired so but we ended up like i said it was good karma we uh, <laughs> did our due diligence uh things worked out really good matt had actually made a really good shot he had hit the one lung and the liver the bear was kind of quartered a little bit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh it looked more broadside than what it was uh so like i said i'm sure had i not kick that bear out of that bed it would have died yeah because right. that one lung and a liver is a very lethal shot very it just takes shot. a little bit of time yep and that's all it was what's you know you said around that eight foot mark what's about the weight of a bear like that your guess is as good as mine 600 pounds 700 pounds i was just curious I mean, when I, you said you were taking pictures and stuff like you probably aren't moving that around to prop it up much oh no it, no you, you take it, pictures it takes where a it, couple like, people to drag it around and then get it set. that's I mean, my thing i was just you curious do, you can roll pictures. it around and do stuff with it but it uh but yeah, I have no way of, you know, we get that question all the time, how much does something weigh? And it's like, you got a hoist in a tree, we'll hang it up and weigh it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty tough to, mm-hmm. to think you're going to do that. So you'd probably have better luck just kind of going like on some website that, mm-hmm. uh, some biologist, biologist, yeah, yeah, yeah. biologist website that'll tell you, you know, that the, the average size of a yeah, bear, the yeah. average size of a bear, this size is going to weigh this much. And. And with bears, their weights change so much from spring to fall, mm-hmm. you know. Are they heavier in the fall? They're going to be heavier in the fall, but you don't know how, whether was your bear eating well and, and going into the fall real heavy or was, you know, was he skinny? Uh, you know, you, you just, 
there's just so many yeah, he, factors. I'm sure they could fluctuate two, 300 pounds. Easily, easily. Yeah, just depending on how healthy he was. So, but yeah, that was that was my first bear hunter. Uh, Get the bad stuff out of the way nice and early yeah. and smooth well. sail through the rest <laughs> of the season. <laughs> but, uh, and then, uh, unfortunately, uh, they ended up leaving camp a little early and Bob did not get uh, get a bear. Uh, I really think we could have got him one if uh, they would have stuck around, but they had some things going on with family and work and stuff like that. And odd ad hunts. And odd ad hunts. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they had the, the bug out a little bit early, unfortunately. So, But, I mean, if, if it was their choice to leave, I mean, I'm sure that they both had a great time. They were, camp. yes, they were, they were, I mean, an absolute pleasure to have in camp. That's I mean, always good to hear. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would, I would cherish the opportunity to have those two guys in camp again because it was just fun. You know, good. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Good guys to be around. So, uh, then actually, because they left early, that kind of gave us a little bit of free time to do a little moose scouting. And one thing led to another. And uh, Mike had a hunter that was hunting on another river down below us a couple hours that wasn't having a lot of luck and asked if I'd be willing to run up the Nushagak to another river called the King Salmon. And take them up on the hills, do some hiking for a spot and stock hunt on the berry fields. For and bear up there? For bear up there. So I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm always, all I want to do is see happy clients. So. It's not like you got something else going on. Right. And, and the guide that was with this client was new to our area, uh, new to jet boating. So that's why Mike asked me to, to take this guy because the King Salmon River can get a little tricky. And uh, he knew I was familiar with it from years gone past and stuff so so the guy come up to camp we traded out and uh the other guide went up and started setting up moose camps up to Malchatna to get ready for his moose hunter that was coming in and i took this guy up uh up to another camp we had up at the mouth of the king salmon got up there spent the night got up the next morning and had breakfast and we were going to run up the king salmon and go spend the whole day out on the hike in the mountains and glassing and looking for a bear out in the berry fields and uh the guy even told me he goes you don't seem like you're in a big hurry to to get up there right at first light i'm like well it's the king salmon river and it's a little tricky and you know it's been a few years since i've been on it i don't want to start running it in the dark <laughs> and uh end our hunt before it ever gets started and stuff and so he was he didn't say anything to me at the time but he was a little concerned that maybe he didn't make a good move changing changing guides you know <laughs> but uh but anyway, so we get up, we have breakfast, and we head up the river. And we only go up the King Salmon River in, I don't know, half an hour and uh, get to a bluff, and I park the boat. And I climb up this little bluff at 30 or 40 feet. And uh, When you're hunting in the berry fields, is it, because I've never done that, st- excuse me, that style of hunting, is it more like that first hour, last hour type of thing, or are they just no, laying out they, there they all day? Be, they could be out there all day long because, you know, they're coming down to the river bottoms, Mm-hmm. You know, mainly at, in the dark, yeah. you know, because that's where they're they're most vulnerable, vulnerable to the locals and stuff. So in the berry fields, they're, they're just, just relaxing. Out there it's basically pressure bear. that's put them on that schedule, it sounds like then. More than like, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, but they'll be out there in them berry fields just mowing all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just finding which blueberry field they're, they're eating in. Mm-hmm. So we park the boat. I climb up this 30-foot bluff and... Uh, Literally, the very first 
place I throw my binoculars, just looking to see where I want to walk. I am not even looking for a bear yet. <laughs> I just want to know how I want to get across this piece of tundra to get to the hills that we're going to start hiking on because they're about, you know, a little over a mile away yet. Mm-hmm. So I throw my glasses up, throw it out there across the field, and the first thing that they focus on is a bear out in the berry field. <laughs> about how far out? About a mile away. He's, he's not even to the mountains that we were going to hike to he's right to get up and start glass. Yeah, he's at the foot of them. And I jokingly yelled down to, to Shane. I said, hey, I found a bear for you. He's like, yeah, right. <laughs> no, seriously, there's a bear up here. He comes pulling up the bluff. He's like, where? I said, he's right out there. And he put his glasses up. He's like, holy cow, it is a bear. He goes, what is it? I'm like, I'm not sure. I got eight and a half power glasses. The bear's a mile away. And it looked kind of, I mean, I knew it wasn't a big bear, but I couldn't tell if it was a, a young boar, if it was a, you know, a, a decent sow. And, uh, and he didn't care. All he wanted was a, a he legal, wanted a legal he bear. He wanted a legal bear. He did not care about how big it was. And I said, well, I mean, there it is. I mean, it's close. Let's go get a better look at it and see what we got. Well, we got up closer to it and determined it was a sow, but it was probably a seven and a half foot bear, a real pretty blonde color to it and stuff. And, and he looked at me and goes, can I shoot it? And I'm like, if you're happy with it, yeah, it's a legal bear. I said, it's, I said, it's by no means a, a monster. I said, but if you're happy with it, I'm happy. That's that's all that matters. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is making sure the client's the one that's happy. Yep. So we put a stock on this thing that didn't take another half an hour. He made a good shot on it. We had it skinned off, and we were back to camp by noon. <laughs> And he was questioning you at the beginning. <laughs> and he, well, that was when he told me, he goes, you know, I was kind of wondering if you knew what you were doing. <laughs> he goes, you tell me you've been up here for 15 years. I said, yeah. I said, well, I said, the big, and I explained to him why. I said, you know, I didn't want to be on the river in the dark, you know, and wreck a mm-hmm. boat or something. It's a tricky little river. And I said, and I knew we were going to be up here for the next 14, 15 hours, you know. Missing out on 20 minutes of twilight wasn't going to be what may or break our hunt that day you know it was more important that we were well rested you, you doing okay over there i'm sorry i can't stop sneezing right now i should just go to the other room for a minute <laughs> keep You're going pretty good. Story. <laughs> so that was that was one of my quickest bear hunts i'd ever been on especially going to the mountains to now, do a spot and stock you're thing. at least a mile from the boat at this point what's the yep. pack out for this uh, the the route we had to walk was probably a mile and a half walk. Yeah, but which, I mean, how, like, I guess oh, I just skinned it out. Skinned it out. Like, so you take like the hide in one, and then quartered. Like how? Like no, no, no. With the brown bears, we don't have to save any meat. All we have to take out is the hide and the skull. Okay. So, so what I do is when I'm in that situation, I skin the bear off. I leave the skull right in the hide at that point in time. I leave the feet in the hide, so it all rolls up into one bag throw it on my backpack and we walk out and uh, so yeah so his his hunt lasted four hours that day was the, the entire hunt i mean boat rides and everything so have you done a lot of spot and stock oh yeah yep. so I, i've spent three or four days up there spot and stock and not finding a bear so that's why i said this is not Best case the, this is not the norm to <laughs> pull the boat up on the bank climb up and look out in the berry field in the first place you look see a bear that's by no means the norm (laughs) but i mean i've seen a lot of hunting shows and like read up on like hunting out west where people are and not even out west but like sheep hunting or 
antelope, mule deer where they spot and stock and they do a lot more unsuccessful stocks than they do where they actually stock and shoot. With grizzly bear, if you see a bear that you want to shoot and start to stock, what ballpark, what percentage would you say you're at? I'm not going to speak for everybody, but for me, I bet if, if I put a stock on one, we're we are at least going to have the opportunity to take it. When we change our mind when we get there, seventy-five percent of the time. It's a pretty good percentage. Now, yeah. they probably like because you're the hard part's it. finding one first. Yeah, and you know, and for me, what I and I tell guys this when we're when we start putting a stock on because you're out there in the tundra a lot of times for them open berry fields and not a ton of cover, huh? There's no cover. You're using the terrain for cover, you know, because you're the berries are knee deep. That's it. So you'd you know. have to crawl if you want right. to stay so hidden. Sometimes you're just walking to them. And what I try to tell guys is you can always tell where a bear's attention is because his nose is pointed right at it. His eyes look right down at his nose, and his attention is right off the end of his nose. So if his head comes up and it's looking around, it's looking right where his nose is pointed. You know, it's not like a white tail. They can see everything. Who's got... You know, eyes working independently, two ears working independently. I mean, their radar is going off in 300. It doesn't matter what direction their head's pointed. They're licking and listening to everything. That bear's attention is right at the end of his nose. So when his face is down in the bear, he's eating. You can just You can walk. You know, if he starts to pick his head up, stop and crouch down. Become part of the the terrain. You know, and then you can, it's, it's amazing how close you can get to him. If you keep the wind in your favor, mm-hmm. you know, and ultimately, you know, when we're not successful, it's usually because we got wind shifted, wind shifted swirling wind or something like that. You know, if you, when you got that day that it's a nice steady 10 or 12 mile an hour breeze. And it's just hitting per- you right in the face. It's hitting you in the face. That's perfect. Those calm days where you can just feel that wind Change shifting its mind. back and forth yeah. and doing a little loop. Those are the tough ones. Now, are bear, do they use... Um, wind like a whitetail would, you know, like to put the position yeah, they're, themselves. They're, they're or... no, their nose will put a whitetail's nose to shame. Well, I'm saying like a whitetail a lot of times will use the wind, you know, to maybe enter a field with its, like, do berry use that on the berry fields or is it just so big where they When can't... they're out in the berry fields, they're out there eating. Okay, so they're yeah. not, it's, t- it's not, I guess it's not a food plot or a field, you know, no. might be, you know, 300 right. yards by right. 300 yards where this is 300 right. miles yeah. by 300. You, you get them down on the river bottom and they're working those fishing holes, they'll work those with the wind in their favor. Okay. You know? but, all right, but, I got what you're saying. Yeah, you're out there on that open tundra. And then you have to remember, you're dealing, you're at the top of the food chain now too. So they aren't quite as skittish as a, as a white-tailed deer. Yeah, they don't have any predators. Just people. Yeah. People and other bears. So... And, you know, and big bears act like big bears. They don't worry about much. So, but, uh, so that was our, my second moose hunter. and Bear uh, hunter. Or bear hunter, rather. And then we got into moose season. And that was where all my luck went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I went it sounded to, like nobody had luck during uh, moose season. Uh, moose season was tough this year. And I couldn't find one to save my life. And uh, we hunted and hunted and hunted. I mean, yeah, we, we put our time in. Uh, two fellows I had, they were from California. One had relocated and retired to Montana, but they were California <clears throat> boys. And uh, really nice guys. I mean, real nice guys. Enjoyed them in camp. 
but it was just, and it was one of the quietest years I've ever seen for moose. They didn't want to talk. They weren't moving. Uh, it was, and it was like that for everybody, you know, uh, and you're up there for so long. It's not like, I mean, you didn't see that maybe the rut hit a week later or something. No, because even after, I mean, I was there for another 10 days. That's what I mean. So it's not like you guys, the moose season missed the rut. It never got moosey. I mean, I never smelled a ruddy bull. I never found signs of them raking bushes. I never found wallows. You know, it just, it was just quiet and flat. Was, and, you know, weather different this time or? It was warm. Because uh, I know when my dad was, went with you guys, were, it was warm and yep, it was very slow. Yep, yep. And uh, so that that never helps. And, you know, a lot of us, you know, you talk to the other guys hunting in the area, you know, some of the locals and stuff. And every, everybody was getting kind of frustrated. And, uh, you know, we were, after a while, you just start throwing anything out there for an excuse you know i mean we had a lot more bears in the river bottom at that time of year than we normally do mm-hmm. and i think a lot of that was because of all the fish that were in the river mm-hmm. and uh and the, the one night i mean I, I did hear a bull but he didn't like fire up and start really talking to us but he i got a couple answers from him and then he just kind of went quiet and i could hear some cows way off in the distance and I figured oh, he probably went to, to be with those cows. And I made it, I, I did something that I don't normally do. Uh, I've learned over the past several years as it's, we've had more of these tough years to hunt that I'll pick my spot that I'm going to go hunt in the evening. And that's where I stay. Whether I'm hearing something or not, I do my calling and I just stay because I, We've been picking up more and more of those silent bulls that just kind of come in and, and circle, try to get downwind of you. So I try to set myself up so I can see downwind, and and we've had good luck that way. Well, I shot myself in the foot the one night. I thought that bull went to those cows, and I got looking at my watch, and I looked at the guys. And I'm like, you know, let's bug out of here and go hit that one other spot where we had them, you know, Clayton had a moose talking and never showed itself maybe we can get them to pop out here right before dark so we walked out and anytime i'm moving i always make some soft grunts just you know more 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 mm-hmm. you know just to make a couple moose noises and stuff so we walked out got in the boat left got over to this other spot and no sooner did we walk in you know it was getting late it was we only had about 10 or 15 minutes and all of a sudden you, you hear boats and then you hear an eruption of a gunfire and you called well, the moose right that out. moose followed us out to the river and when it swam the river some locals came by shot a 60 inch bull right, right there where, where we were at i called him you know but we never knew he was coming he was quiet and you know and, and i've seen that happen before. didn't follow your own advice didn't follow my own advice you know and, and i'm not saying we would have killed the bull had we sat still yeah you know maybe we would have maybe we wouldn't uh, yeah but, it could have been the fact that you were moving down is what sold him and, and, and right you and, know because I've, I've done that before you know i've walked away from animals and and that's what fired them up to come Tom and i have killed turkeys down. doing that you yeah. know where you call walking the other direction and then we turn around head right back to where we were sit down and yeah Yep, and they do. They just like, where do you think you're going? <laughs> you know. So, but uh, yeah, it was just a tough move season. I couldn't. I just couldn't seem to do anything right. And uh, Clayton did end up 
killing a really, really, really nice bull. Uh, he was actually the only one to physically call in and kill a bull out of our group. You're saying Clayton's year. client did, or did Clayton? Well, yeah, Clayton's client okay. did the just, shooting. Just wanted to clarify. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a, I don't know. It makes us guides feel a little better. We say we got the animal. <laughs> no, I was just, I was just curious. That, like, I didn't know um, if yeah, maybe no. it was slow and somebody left and he ended up having a tag to hunt. No, I was just no. clarifying that. Yeah. That's all. No, I was no, no, no. Clayton was had his had his client and uh, and he called in a bull for his client. So. Gotcha. I mean, they and, do the the guides do a lot of the work, a majority of the work. I mean, that's yeah. why you pay for the guide. So it, correct. It's totally correct. justifiable yeah. to say so, it was. So as guides, we tend to throw some of the credit to the other oh i wouldn't 100 i just yeah <laughs> not that we're trying to take anything away from the the clients or the hunters but no i mean they, they but, i mean uh, they paid for the guide they have to understand that that's part yeah. of it i would say yeah mm -hmm. so but yeah we had uh 12 moose hunters this year and five moose were killed four of them were basically drive-bys you know i just happened to catch them in the river how big was clayton's that he got it it was a 60 inch bull but it was by far the biggest bull we killed this year. Uh, we had a couple others that were 64 and 65, and a 63. Which is, I mean, 50 is the limit, I guess. I, yes, 50 is the minimum. If people have listened, they know that, but just yeah. in case, 50 is the limit. And 50 is, yeah. that's a good bull. It's still a good bull. So, yeah. you know, you start getting 60, 65, now you're getting. Right. And, and the funny thing with moose is everybody worries about spread. And honest to God, it's the least important part of them. When it comes to scoring, probably. When it comes to scoring, it's the least important Even just part. looking at the moose, just how it's shaped. Yeah. If it's pointed forward, it will it could be 53 inches, but it if it was shaped different, it could be 72. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way Clayton's The way the paddles, went. you know. Yeah. Were, Clayton, mm -hmm. Clayton's one paddle was probably 20 inches wide. So but had the, it laid flat. Oh, he, he could have easily killed a 75-inch bull. If that bull would have been shaped the way some of these other bulls were shaped mm -hmm. that were laid out nice and flat. You know, but uh, yeah, this particular bull was by far the best bull we killed, and it was the narrowest bull. <laughs> that's pretty um, wild, though. The narrowest yeah. bull was at sixty inches too. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, so the the bulls we killed were still nice looking animals, uh, but uh, but it was just it was tough hunting. And like I said, usually after the season we see more moose activity, and we didn't seem to see yeah because you're there year. for another like you said 10, 10, days, 10 days for and, the second half of bear season yeah and uh nothing ever came of it so <laughs> so we sent our, our moose hunters home with uh, a less than stellar season uh now we did have one guy uh jeb mm -hmm. uh, who you guys have had on he did pass up a legal bull yeah he because he put a market you know that 65 he's, yeah, yeah he, he wanted he, well, big and, he, bull. and he's killed a couple a couple of bulls before he's so. looking for trophy class yes, he knew point. what he wanted and, and, Crockett. The, and the bull that mike called out wasn't what he wanted and but so, somebody like jeb he's totally okay with oh yeah, yeah he said it was still a great hunt he had a phenomenal yeah, it's time not like you know it's for jeb anyway it's not a once in a lifetime hunt where he needs to, to right. fill a tag to feel like he fulfilled what he was there to right. do right he had a he had a specific goal in mind yeah so so you can kind of you know you can split hairs, but you can add that one as a successful hunt. And then uh, Brad had a client who uh, failed to get some one missing. That uh, happens. Yeah, they, <laughs> they rode up on one in the river, and there's a whole story to that as to what <laughs> so went really wrong you're, and you're why talking, it went wrong. You're actually were a, with those two. You're above fifty percent. 
Yes. And if you think about it, what other hunting do you have over 50% odds? Right. So right. really, I mean, as much as you guys call that not a great year, it, it, when it comes in the general idea of hunting, oh, that's, still a, better that's than, a great season. Yeah, it was still better than, than most. So. Yeah. Just down for us. Just down for us. Yeah, you know. which says a lot about your program that you guys mm-hmm. are a part of right. mm-hmm. and how right. well you guys do. Yeah, we're usually typically in that 70 percentile yeah. for moose success on moose. And so for us to be in that 40 or 50 is a bad year for us. You yeah. Know? And uh, Which, I, I mean, I don't think I've I – don't, I don't kill a buck 50 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, really, like I said, I, I don't – in no, the and, idea of hunting, that's really not a bad rap. No, like but, a and, and part of what we weigh into that too when we say it was a hard season or a bad season is, you know, typically we see more bulls. You know, you 40 know, inches or four, something. Those 30, 40 inches, or you get more animals talking to you. Mm-hmm. Even though they may not show themselves, you're, you're involved in more hunts. Yeah. That may not pan you out. You feel like so you something's f- about to happen. happen. Exactly. And we didn't we weren't having those kind of experiences this year that uh that weighs into that that feeling of boy, it just wasn't mm-hmm. as good as it could be cuz even if you would have killed nine moose, it would have been like, you know, they're just not They still weren't. Yeah. yeah. It was you know, still like, a tough year. You know, last year, I didn't kill a moose last year, but I called four four different bulls out mm-hmm. and just couldn't get a legal one to show up. You know, yeah, so, no, no, that's not really so anything you o- can over, do. <laughs> over the you know the fifth through the fifteenth, you know, you call four different animals out or five different animals. We saw uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you know, so you you at least felt like you were hunting all the time. You know, you felt were, like you were in the game. Yeah, yeah, you know, and we had other bulls that were talking. Well, you were with us the, the first yeah. morning when the planes flew over us twice. Yeah, and we had bulls and, going both times, both times, and, and planes circle overhead and shut, shut, it, right shut it right down. So, you know, at least you you feel like you're things are getting close at that point, mm-hmm. you know, so, but, and then, uh, our last hunter of the season was a, another bear hunter. And he was, uh, he was a tough luck hunter. He was telling us stories of everything that's ever gone wrong on every hunt he's ever <laughs> been on. And, uh, from lost trophies that he shot in Africa, the things that went bad on a brown bear hunt in Southeast Alaska and, you know the bad outfitter and this that and the other thing and all i could think of is holy cow we, we just got the world's most jinxed hunter in the yeah world so it's gonna be worse than your first time yeah, you, you're gonna, actually gonna get smoked by the bear is, this, this time this is gonna be terrible you know but uh he comes into camp and our game plan was uh the first morning we were gonna take a ride up and there was still a lot of fish in the river so we were gonna try to do a few days still hunting in the river bottom maybe hit some fishing holes yet and uh go up and see if clayton's moose kill had been hit because we're allowed to hunt over top of those moose kills and uh we were losing water real fast in the river so we wanted to go to clayton's moose kill first before we couldn't get to it anymore so we get up the first morning and you know our plan was to go up there inspect the site get a blind built on it and get ready to to hunt that evening you know, that afternoon and evening up there. So we run the boat up, park the boat where Clayton had packed the moose out to, and it's only about a 200-yard walk to where the kill site was. And as we were walking in there, we got about 40 yards away and looked over at the kill site, and there's a nine-plus-foot brown. <laughs> Which, that, that's a good bear, right? Oh, it's that's a, a monster. It's a, yeah, it's a dandy. For, you know, for our area where we're at, you know, we're not on Kodiak. We're not down on the peninsula. 
when you start killing nine nine and a half foot bears that's those are really good bears in for that area for our area and uh i mean how long does it take you to walk 150 yards across the field not very long that's how long the hunt lasted <laughs> we looked over the bear was there the bear stood up guy shot it square in the chest <laughs> ran 20 yards and piled up so his luck finally he broke his streak yeah, huh? broke his streak <laughs> yeah. so he we, we uh we spent more time walking back to the boat just to sit down and talk and give the bear time to expire to expire than we did anything else you know wow. so that was another one. We were back to camp by like 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Two of the shortest hunts <laughs> of all time. Like I'm not even hungry for lunch yet. <laughs> that, that's what it was. That's exactly what it was, too. So, so the bear hunting this year couldn't have been any easier, any better uh, with all good people. I mean, uh, actually, like I said, all, all our clients this year were just fantastic. It was one of the best years of clients mm-hmm. ever, you know, across the board. That's good to hear. It was. It was really, really, really nice. So. Which is, it seems like Alaska can definitely be a stressful environment, you know, when it comes down to boats not working right or bear attacks. And <laughs> the boats not working right are a bigger pain in the Yeah, yeah. that's well, I guess a what very I did, recurring problem. Yeah, but I guess what I'm getting at is, like, if you, you throw a bad client in the mix, and it just makes it that much more miserable yes. while you're up there. So, like, to have good people to have those problems with makes all the difference. Yep. Yeah. To where yep. you can, once it's fixed, you can laugh about mm-hmm. it at the campfire that mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. So. No, I, I can honestly say that everybody that came into my camp this year, I would love to have back. I Great. mean, I would look. If, if Mike said, hey, so-and-so is coming back, wants to hunt with you, I'd be like, yes. 100%. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm in, you know. And, uh, and not that you, know, you get a lot of bad clients, but, you know, you don't, you just, I mean, everybody's got their own personalities, you know. And, yeah, and you're they, not going to They can be a bad person. It's hard just don't. to believe, but you know, I'm not always easy to get along with. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Can't see it. That's, I mean, they you know, might, might not even be a bad person, just they just aren't compatible with you. Correct. Exactly. Nothing on them, just, no, it's just sometimes, you, sometimes it works that way. Yeah, your personalities just don't line up, or you, you just can't find enough things in common to... Don't you know, laugh you, at the same jokes, even, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yep. So... But no, yeah. like I said, I'll, I'll look back at the season fondly, and uh, and it was enjoyable. I wish the moose season could have been a little better, but did uh, did Mike have any comments or anything on your close call with a bear? I mean, is that did you get an extra couple thousand bucks for that one, or uh, that no, was a sorry no. about you? No, Mike was just like, well, I'm glad you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna need you next year. So. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, that's obviously. I can't imagine that's a very common thing that happens, but it is Alaska. No, it, yeah, so. I mean, I'm not the first guy that's yeah. had a close call with a bear. So, but uh, in the end, I mean. But I mean, you've been doing it for pushing 20 years, and that's your f- closest. That's right? my closest. The one before that was. Uh, was on a moose kill we walked in on and that one died at about i don't know 10 yards 12 yards and it was coming at us but we saw it so that's coming. why at 15 yards you were like i don't even bother shooting at him yeah. and honestly I, and i didn't that one I, I mean it was coming at us off the moose kill and my gun was up but i never pulled the trigger i let the client still do the shooting now it was getting pretty close. <laughs> Pulling really like, thinking hey, you should about really shoot right here. <laughs> you know, it was like you're running there's not out a, of There's time. not another moose carcass behind <laughs> us that he's going to. Right. Like, he's, we're, he's, the, we're, yeah, the we're the point of interest. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, I mean, but like I said, when you're there, I mean, you're evaluating everything. And, you know, and, and albeit it was close, I never felt like that situation was 
out of control. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds hard to believe sometimes. But, oh, for an outsider, I've, I even you know, myself, I'm like, eh. <laughs> seems a little hairy. Yeah, but and I've I've talked to quite a few people over the years that have been bit by bears, and the one thing more bark than bite. Well, the one thing they all had in common across the board, every one of them I've ever talked to, all made one statement that was across the board's true. And that was they all said, I never knew the bear was there until I was in its mouth. Wow. So the bear you see ain't going to bite you. Ain't the one that's the problem. Do you, so the uh, one in the bush that was coming out three feet, for, that was that, the one that, that could have gone that was The one that when I turned my back at eight feet the first time, yeah, that was when I was most truly vulnerable. Most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Because when I turned my back to him, that's when I let my guard down. Yeah, one lunge and he's on you. Absolutely. And then you know, I, I would have known that bear was there when I was in his mouth. Mm-hmm. You so know. you had a like you had that close call, and then you talked about it years ago had another one like so. I'm assuming you've had archery hunters come into camp. What changes with the your setup and dynamic? Because they are so unpredictable, you don't know. You know, shooting an arrow at an, at an animal charging you is not nearly well, as effective as a 357. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. I mean, if, when a guy's holding the bow, the, if he charges, you're going to shoot. But I guess yes. what I'm getting at is, like, what changes for your guys' setup to Our make set- sure it's as safe as Alaska wilderness can be? Well, yeah. You just have to play your wind far more crucially because now you're now you're trying to get into his personal space mm-hmm. to get that arrow in there. Uh, we do try to use tree stands from time to time if we can. but Okay, that makes but, sense. But they're not always a viable option. Sometimes you just have to park yourself on the ground. Now, is something like maybe shooting 60 yards, with like is that or is that a little far? I, I, to me, that's too far. You know, I would like to see you shoot... 40 yards okay you know, uh and, and and not that you couldn't kill one at 50 or 60 i just i just have a hard time putting that much faith in somebody i don't know fair to put a good mm-hmm. shot on that animal at that distance and it's not that i don't think there's people out there that can do it it's just I've Stuff's you, different you've worked with a lot of people uh, that yeah you were yeah. telling me about the one guy you had that i think he was a longbow or recurve shooter and he would drive tacks all day long and then he missed a moose at eight yards yeah, 14 yards 14 yards yeah, <laughs> yeah Frank, cut, cut the guy slack yeah, my yeah he, he would he was a longbow shooter and he'd get up every day and he'd shoot a dozen arrows at 30 yards and i'm telling you he'd put every one of them in a styrofoam cup at 30 yards and the first time that bull stepped out of the brush in front of him he right over winged his back. one right over its back at 14 <laughs> yards yeah, and you've got a target that's literally the size of a trash can lid. I mean, anybody yeah. that's ever hunted knows that feeling that that hunter felt. <laughs> oh, though. for that's, sure. I mean, yeah, I'm not like yeah. knocking. Yeah, him no, or I know you're. I know you're not. I'm just no. throwing it you out there. You could be the like, best bow shooter, but when that animal steps out, you don't know what's yeah. about to happen. I, no. I don't care how good you are at shooting paper targets. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as shooting live. No. Animals. Well, yeah. and I just last weekend out hunting had a deer come in i i he never got closer than 70 Mm -hmm. but i knew i wanted to shoot i could not get my legs to stop shaking in this stand you know like yeah and you know i can i'm comfortable shooting in the backyard to 60 easy Mm -hmm. you know and knowing that i wasn't going to shoot this deer till he was at 30 i could not settle down so i I totally understand that and anybody that's ever hunted knows that adrenaline that shaking that happens 
clients laugh at me all the time because I get excited when they're shooting game. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what are you getting so excited about? And you're, you're not shooting. I'm like, you don't understand. This is why, I'm, this yeah. is what we're here for. You know, I mean, the day I don't get excited, that would be the day I quit. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. When under- you get all of the thrill of the hunt, you still get everything yeah. the client's getting. You're mm-hmm. just not You're just not responsible if it messes up. No. Well, <laughs> see, but I feel as though I am. Oh, I'm, say, I'm saying and the shot, why, I guess. Yeah. The shot. But, but to me, I feel more pressure to get guiding, guiding you. To, than, to a successful opportunity, yeah. Yeah, than I do if I'm hunting for me. You know, mm-hmm. so there's a there's a big part of me. I get more excited for you than I do for myself, and mm-hmm. you know, and I feel more pressure and and stuff to be successful when I'm trying to get you an animal than I do myself. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of days that we go out and hunt and try hard, and if I were hunting for myself, I'd have looked at the day and evaluated it and gone, let's go fishing. Yeah, <laughs> let's go porcupine. Our, our odds or are way better. At the yeah. <laughs> You know, I could or, guarantee we catch fish. Yeah, right. Or let's go pick some blueberries and make a pie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, but, uh, but no, there is, there's a whole different level of pressure when you're taking somebody else out who's maybe they're on that once in a lifetime hunt, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? What's, and, I mean, uh, I've hunted with Tom before where we get a, a buck that comes in that we knew wasn't even legal and Tom's shaking and I'm excited, you know, we're like, mm-hmm. You know, even asking ourselves, like, why are we getting so worked up right now? Like, yeah. I, we can't shoot this. We like, mm-hmm. even if we wanted to, and it's just like you said, the day that that excitement leaves is probably the day I'll quit. Yeah, because yep, that's why we're there. It's for mm-hmm. that that rush of excitement and yeah. joy, no, adrenaline. It's and there's and there's just so many things that happen in the woods that have nothing to do with the hunt that yeah that become entertaining. So mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, one of, one of the best parts was when that Silent Three Cubs came out. Yeah. And we got to watch them for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you know. And, and uh, you know, Matt had even made the comment. He goes, you know what? This hunt's successful. I can go home and show people video of bears. and Yeah. And uh, it's all good now. You know, he was, at that point, he was happy. And it's like, well, it ain't over yet. Yeah, we still yeah, got still a chance. Gonna, you know. We still have a bear attack to deal with tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So. Wait till you see what happens later. <laughs> Boy, do we have a trip so. planned for you tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, it, uh, good bear year, tough moose year. But all in all, good all in season. All, all in all, another good season. So. Good deal. Nice. Looking forward to the spring. Nice. I always hate slash enjoy when you come back because I want I want so much to talk about every little thing that happened but i also don't want to do it until we go on the podcast so i can <laughs> hear ask, it for the first well, time yeah because I, like if i already know the answers to the stories and stuff i have a harder time asking questions and you being know, excited about and being it excited too you know like <laughs> the only thing we knew about that bear attack was that it you know it you, was close there was a wounded bear and it was a real close call yeah that's all we knew mm-hmm. it was like uncle frank had was in the woods with a wounded bear and it was real close mm-hmm. that's all we knew so Mm-hmm. We I think, just I think my it. wife was disappointed because she didn't get to cash in my life insurance policy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> real bummed about it. Yeah, but no, it's I. There's, I mean, there's never a boring year that you've come home from Alaska. Or it's like, eh, eh, nothing nothing really happened. happened. Yeah, this was just no, you know, just always, a routine year. There's yeah, always something. Always good stories. Always so good stories. I always look forward to it to hear it. And now that we do the podcast for this is the second season of Moose that. Mm-hmm. you guys have been in for and it's just mm-hmm. been really cool to get it recorded and 
let other people hear about it just because I know how interesting it is to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I hope everybody else enjoys it as well. So. Oh, yeah. The Alaska episodes always go over really well. Do they? Yeah. It's Actually, pretty easy we... to listen to people talk about almost getting attacked by bears. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, hopefully we don't have those every year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> those will be a special one every couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully the next one's with somebody other than me. Yeah. <laughs> See how Brad handles it or something. Yeah. We haven't had Brad on in a while, since like six. Yeah, it's been a long time. We were in has Harrisburg. It been that long? Yeah, yeah, has it been that long? For, mm-hmm. oh, you, Almost 90 you, episodes. You need to get Brad on, let him talk about his his, his hunt this year. Just keep it anonymous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would be down for that because Brad was a riot to have on. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you, you get him going. It always, you, it's, you wind up Brad and it's just It, it started with way. Brad walked in with like a six-pack of black and tans under his arms. And he said, I, I don't need a mic. I ain't going to talk. I'm just here to listen. We're like, we're just going to set it there just in case. And I think he talked more than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he ran out of black and tans early. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a fun one. So. Yeah. Well, thanks again for. Oh, thanks for having me on. Always, you I know, we, it. the studio is at your house, and fortunate enough to let it. it, yeah, it seems oh, like Tom's it. giving me a look like I missed something. No, I think oh. he's just laughing, having oh. fun. Oh, okay. Tom's over there to have a good time. <laughs> you know, he he kind of lightweighted his way out this, tonight on beer. I think I've only seen him drink one. I'll have one after the show. Did your yeah. girl? Did your girlfriend tell you you weren't allowed to drink anymore or something? No, oh, man. I was just busy. <laughs> you slow down. Listening really into the story. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot to drink. But again, thank you for joining us on, and you know maybe we'll hopefully you get a deer well, let's, here soon. Let's get yeah, let's all of us go out there and kill some deer, and then we got that to talk about. Yeah, and we're going gator hunting with Clayton in a couple yes, weeks. Yes, we so. are. Oh, it's Clayton that you guys are yeah, going. That's yeah, that's who we're okay. going gator hunting. Yeah, so Clayton. I, I guess maybe I didn't we put, can talk Clayton into doing a. That would be cool. Yeah, he's he's a little swamp rat from down there in Florida. He'd yeah, see, be, we, he's got. Some I cool didn't put stories. that together. I knew you guys were going with a guide, but when you said he was from yeah, Florida, no. it didn't click. Yeah, yeah. no, that's Clayton. okay. Uh, we'll yeah, we did we did tease that last week that mm-hmm. there's going to be a Gator podcast coming soon. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so you'll be hearing no, from that again. Definitely have to, he's just, he's a really cool kid. I mean, you'll have to good dude plant the good seed dude. to get Clayton on a yeah. FaceTime or something. We'll do an episode. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. So. No, we could, yeah, we'll we'll come up with something, we'll but that'll be fun. Out. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys to do that hunt. Yeah, I'm but, really pumped too. It's gonna be a good time. In the meantime, it's still deer season, so make sure you guys are all getting outside. Alrighty, thank you, folks. <laughs>